This is my weekend recording, my night recording. Usually I would go for a walk now on my usual path, which I always enjoy a lot. Today I'm simply too tired. <coughs> oh yes, hello, good evening, another I'm greeting. I got a very good reminder earlier, first of all, that my intrinsic value is not dependent on who's listening to what I'm saying. And second, not to try to aim for pleasing or achieving some attention. Not to look into publishing the podcast and then searching or hoping for likes and listens. Of course, it's nice. But actually, I should remember getting back to the core of why I'm doing this as I'm it's more about having monologues with myself just not thinking of what I want to do with them and forget about the world out there getting back to myself not to think about the friends who might listen to it. Am I going to give them messages? I don't know. Maybe I won't, maybe I will. I did already. So my intrinsic value was about And I listen to my favorite podcast. It's very nice because it's always inspiring and leads to some contemplation with myself. And if it's not meant for others, why do I do it in English? <laughs> That's so stupid. Yeah, maybe I still want people to hear it. And I want more people to hear it. And I want my friends to hear it and to understand it. And though my family won't, at least my father wouldn't. And the other part of my family wouldn't either. But actually, what I wanted to contemplate about is, I was had I had the other day a talk with Paula. And I was thinking how about how. You know, our ancestors. How many of our ancestors we have? How they are multiplying, doubling with each generation, and I was trying to imagine how many ancestors I have in, in, you know, about 200 years before or 300 years before. And I realized that it's not so many, let's put it in that sense, not so many as I originally thought. So I was contemplating, I was, I was um, reckoning that one generation would be about 25 years 
which is, I think, yeah, pretty generous. So 25 years earlier, my mother and 25 years, she was 25, and then my grandmother and so on. That means that somebody born and then after 25 years gets the child, after another 25 years the grandchild and another great-grandchild and another great-grandchild. So it means four generations in a hundred years that goes backwards. That means a hundred years ago that's exactly 1921 uh, would have been my oh well it's not true because it was my grandmother born so I'm 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 a bit wrongly calculating let me just get back to it um well when I was born and my daughter is also born in 1995 <coughs> yeah that means and then was um, in 1880 my great-grandmother was born so she had her first child it works like my great-grandmother my grandmother my mother me and then my my daughter was born so that's literally a hundred years is um, um, more or less four generations completed and uh, looking backwards I have two parents four grandparents eight great-grandparents 16 great-great grandparents and so on and I was calculating that 200 years ago it would be 256 ancestors so from back 200 years ago I have 256 people that I am a descendant of which is quite a lot now my mother is a was Romanian at least you know in the part of Romania and my father also but originally it was um, Austria-Hungary and he used to be a, or not he used to be he was a descendant of Swabian colonists that moved there in the 18th century mid of the 18th century after the um, Osmanic uh, <coughs> Osmanic Wars and the Osman Osmanic um, uh, pull pushed back. At uh, this area was pretty vast after the plague, and many people died in the wars. Therefore, um the Earl of uh, Kaol asked for support uh, supporting colonists colonists were very popular from Germany in Austria 
Mm. Budapest, which actually belongs, uh, it contains of two cities, Buda and Pest. This Buda is the older one um, and was mainly shaped by German colonists hundreds of years ago. So there's a there's a big there's a majority of people still having German names though they are not speaking any German anymore and they uh, yeah what 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 it meant to me is that to realize that Europe was um very mobile area continent mm so many people moved back and forth so what I wanted to conclude not to get in too much into detail and get lost here because of course there's always stories to tell and I find it very fascinating that's one of my my favorite things that I'm so curious and I want to know about everything so yeah history especially about people and home and uh, how and when we get at one a place how we move around and why I used to have this this inferiority complex that I didn't have a home that I didn't belong that I was uh, floating in the air somehow I'm I lost my roots when I was 10 years old Afterwards, I, I was thinking I was ripped out of my home, which was in Transylvania. Um, um, my parents are born in each one in in a village just three kilometers apart, and they met first in their twenties. And these villages, three kilometers apart, were like two different worlds. I mean, usually people would meet one village and the other, but these villages, they were, they could have been not further and stranger to each other. The one village, it's funny when you s hear them in Romanian, they have been baptized in big and small the name is Moftinu it's, it's the big Moftinu and the, sm and the small Moftinu Moftinu Mic, Moftinu Mare um, now one village is a Romanian village mainly inhabited by Romanian farmers and the other one was an original Swabian village it's said to be about 1,000 years old already, mainly inhabited by these German colonists from the 18th century who actually really lived with each other, um, very Catholic, spoke a Swabian dialect till the end of the 19th century when the Hungarian nationalists um, tried to force them into Hungarian 
many of these German or Germanic colonists kept their language. Unfortunately, in the village of my father, people very easily adapted into Hungarian. So, in the by the end of the Second World War, almost nobody spoke German or the Swabian dialect in that particular area anymore. My father grew up with complete Hungarian. My mother grew up in the ne next village three kilometers away. They didn't know her from each other at all. They never met. She spoke only Romanian, so they could not have met because they wouldn't have be able to talk to each other. Hungarian and Romanian are so different. This could be Chinese and Italian, something like that. So Hungarian is a, it said is like, it's often compared to be part of a Finnic, Finnish um, language uh, background, but it's, it's not true. It has been, um, it has been um, changed. They were related about 5,000 years ago, and then this language is separated. The Hungarian is a Turkmenish language, has a Turkmenish background. And now Hungarians don't like it so much, or I would not prefer to hear it, but it obviously has some more similarity to Turkish than to Finnish. And Romanian is a Roman language, which is the closest one to Latin. As it said, has about 30% vulgar Latin. So I imagine that that was also very vivid, very, very intense area over there with uh, the Eastern Roman Empire close by, um, Byzantine, the Black Sea, um, very fertile earth. The area where I come from is just 60 kilometers away from the Carpathians, in which area um, one of the main trade routes from the Black Sea to the uh, Baltic Sea was thousands of years ago. It was was called the Bernstein, Bernstein, Bernstein. So I think it's Bernstein in English, Bernstein route. It was also a main route during the Viking era. There are a lot of interesting insights and and research there. I just by coincidence got some information some 14 years ago when I was traveling with a good friend. We did a, a trip to Romania because he was doing some research for a book he was writing. It was the first time where I heard some some uh, sim well some familiarities of artifacts there were that were found in the Carpathians. There were uh, 
similar to the um, mechanic culture on Crete. Yeah, well, I can't get too much into it because I have too little information. It's just I'm just reflecting or babbling about what I have in mind and what I remember, and I don't want to forget. Definitely, I got into information about how how lively and how much changes how many changes in those areas were in short i am half germanic and half romanian at least as i knew and as i am so curious i did with Ancestry.com a DNA test. I wanted to know my heritage. I wanted to know what I'm, you know, what background do I have. And a lot of, you know, it actually just proves and confirms my, yeah, what I, what I was actually already guessing that. My father's family and um, and villagers, they really lived in their areas without mixing. Therefore, 50% of my DNA, which is also connected to my father, is Germanic with some west northwest european background so there is some english or irish or you know that area from the british british islands some blood in there some french from my mother's and german of course german and real south german and from my mother's side dna is a mixture of East European, it's about 17%, East European and Russian, which actually they can track me down to a Ukrainian, today's Ukrainian area of about 50 kilometers, a, a, a special community. Well, I don't have anyone in Ukraine and I don't know anyone there, but obviously part of my family is from there some other three percent of greek alban alban and 30 percent balkan whatever that is so they are correcting and updating the dna they are examining and i would say that i am pretty much a full european as I'm covering nearly all parts of uh, West and East and Southeast Europe. So I, I see myself of uh, being uh, part of that typical, very mobile 
tribe habitat well I don't know what I'm talking about but definitely there was some movement there obviously I mean I, d I know so little about that East European history and would be for sure interesting to get into that and I won't wonder because my grandfather's name is Ratio, which has the meaning that the Croatian, that's at least what I heard. So the Croatian, um, it can be some hundreds of years ago, some people coming from there that would fit my DNA. So my grandfather's background could be in that area, then some Greek area uh, from my mother's side. Unfortunately, I have very little information. And it stops three generations, four generations. Also to complete is that I'm not that gypsy-like as I thought just because I lost my home when I was 10 years old we left my home country and moved to Germany and from that moment I was not belonging anywhere and I was always asking myself or at least I got the the belief that I I didn't belong anywhere, that I didn't have any roots. And that's not true. Because after doing some research, I realized that my mother's family stayed in the same village for more than 100 years, and even longer. Because the village was moved to a different place after several floodings of that close-by river destroyed the old village. So they moved up a hill and my father's family, they, I have proof that they lived there for more than 200 years, 200, actually part of the family lived there since they arrived from Swabia in the 18th century in one village. They didn't see much, they didn't walk around much, they were more or less very straight farmers and my other family too so I don't have any urban background I'm very much connected to a very traditional old-fashioned farming culture in Eastern Europe after probably settled after the wars with the Osman, Osmanic uh, em Empire against the um, Osmanic Empire and being there somehow at the border of Austria-Hungary well it was definitely pure Hungary and Austria-Hungary and Hungary was also much bigger so Hungary is is a country that really lost a lot. They lost a lot of territory. 
they lost. They were anyway one of those who, you know, it's like other suppressed suppressed uh, nationals nationalities they were ripped apart and and their power that was very big by the 10th century diminished gradually and they became a kind of a colony of the following empires especially of the Austrian Habsburg Empire and when they finally managed to to set themselves free, they lost most of their territory as well. So yeah, I, uh, from a, some point of view, I can understand that they were very frustrated. Uh, but on the other hand, I don't believe in any kind of resentment. So I think we have to move on. What I just want to point out is that Ukraine, the way we have it today, was not existing. 150 years ago. So where I come from, which now is part of Romania, used to be Hungary, um, 20 kilometers further north of my hometown, it's already Ukraine, which also belonged to Hungary before. Therefore, there was all one area and my family could very easily live 40, 50 kilometers further north as they could move freely around. That's why I have ancestors in that area and it has nothing to do with Ukraine, though ancestry just makes it Ukraine using the today's borders and defining nationalities. I think that's just simply wrong because it doesn't say anything about time. My family is more than a hundred years, um, yes, more than 100, 120, 140 years, 140 years actually, they are in that area where I, where I grew up myself. And if they come, maybe a if I have ancestors in the beginning of the 19th century or the mid of 19th century, the territory of Ukraine, that was not Ukraine, Ukraine then. Um, but the same, I mean, of course, that's the same when the DNA is, is analyzed and saying, yes, you come from Britain and from France, countries like France, they existed for hundreds and hundreds of years, and Great Britain as well, and some Germ and the Germanic states, uh, kingdoms. But in in eastern part, it was not that easy. And it was more Russia than anything else. It was Russia and Austria, Hungary, and so these big things. And in between, you had all these small nationalities who were struggling, but you know, with different con cultures and languages, multicultural, and it's especially in that very densely populated eastern area where people were, you know, 
whether they were Jews, Romanians, Hungarians, Russians, Ukrainians, so different tribes living there, not under their own roof, but on and under a bigger roof. I find that very interesting because where where I'm born, where I come from, there are these different languages. In my hometown, all the signs are in three languages, German, Hungarian, and Romanian. And they are all completely different backgrounds from the Germanic, the German language, and the Roman for Romanian, and Hungarian somehow is too exotic. I must say that in the western part of Europe, for me it sounds much more stable because they used to have nations and they were confiding to one language, as whether it's France, German, Germany didn't exist in that sense, but still with different dialects, it mainly was all surrounded uh, by yeah, it was kind, you know, it was like the German, yeah, well, it was not really German, because they had the dialects, and they were very different, and still they felt like uni unified German state of uh, kingdoms, the German Roman Empire. Italy, people spoke Italian, and that area, um, close to Carpathians, was all very multicultural. So yeah, there was something that I wanted to contemplate about a little bit. My background, the situation in Eastern Europe, how many ancestors I can have, and how different they are from so many different areas. And one thing for sure, I am purely European. My ancestors didn't, well, they actually did move further away. And, um, from my mother's side, several people, several family members emigrated to the US, but returned after several years. My grandfather, for example, but that's another story. My grandfather and his three brothers were all born in Pennsylvania. My great-grandmother, his mother, and his father, they married there. I even found the certificate of marriage online. They had met in scalp level in Pennsylvania. I imagine that. She was 17 and he was 24 and 25 and I'm asking myself, what the fuck, how did they meet? She was alone with her sister, all alone she came with her sister and her brother-in-law to the US. I don't know, I mean, did she want to stay there, my great-grandmother? Did she want to 
No, it was not my great-grandmother. My yes, my great-grandmother. Her name was Elizabeth. Did she want to stay there? I don't know. But definitely she met. She was born in 1895. And she married in 1913. And then she got four, she gave birth to four sons. My grandfather was born in 1919. They returned, they came back to Romania, to their village. If not, I wouldn't exist. So they came back and they had the American citizenship as I got to know, I happened to get to know later. Because of course, because of their birth in the US. Same happened to my great grandmother, independently also ended up. And the funny thing is, and this is so weird, this is something that I cannot really con process, but I, uh, in the certificate of marriage that I found, is that my great grandmother and my, and my great grandfather, when they married, that the um, um, I don't know the caretaker, as my great grandmother was minor. The caretaker was not her sister, but, or the best man, I would say, the best man. But funnily, the best man was my great-great-grandfather. That's so weird. So... <sighs> So he was, he was the, the best man for the marriage of them. Ah, that's really weird. So I, I can't, so the best man was my great grandfather, but they were not, you know, were not married. So this was, a Mr. Mark, Mr. Manuel Mark, that was the father of my great-grandmother. And my great-grandmother, she was a little girl when she visited him with her mother. And he also had gone to the U.S. And he took, he brought her to his family, you know, he had a son and a daughter and his wife to the U.S., also to Pennsylvania, because that's what they used to do from the same village. Of course, they went to the same to the same area, scalp level in Pennsylvania, and they went there. Uh, but then he didn't want them, so he sent him back. S he sent his daughter and his wife back to Romania because. That's actually what I heard, that she, he, ha he had a lover there and didn't want them there. Well, I don't have any proof. I just can, I just, 
you know, have to live with what I've been told. So my great-grandmother and her mother and her brother were sent back to Romania all of a sudden without a father, without a man. It just caused a traumatic family story of a missing man. Yeah, that was that was the story. They went back. And then the father of my great grandmother, some years later, was the best man to the marriage of my great grandmother and her husband. And the funny thing is that they didn't know in that time that they are going to become relatives. They would become relatives in the sense of the woman that married, she had one son or four sons, and one of her sons married later the daughter of her best man. So, yeah, she had a son, and her son married the daughter of her best man. No, not the daughter. Ah, wrong. Married the granddaughter of her best man. Ah, okay. Complicated. I have to write it down. But that is something that I figured out. I don't know if it's important or not. And of course, it's not important for anyone else. But for me, I don't know. How can I tell it? I mean, the thing is that when I look back, and I start to figure out my ancestors and the people behind me. And I, f I find out about those, about those human beings who lived earlier. I get to know their names and their birth dates. It looks like I'm, before it's, it's kind of a fog that I'm looking into. And all of a sudden, it brightens up and everything becomes real because there are, there are people, there are stories, there's believable. It's not just something blurry. It's, it's just simply, it becomes true. I can, I can start connecting with the people who were before me. Yeah, that's all for now. I think that's enough.